0: Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we've got the Gold Hoarder Community Discord episode for the month of May. We have a bunch of folks joining in to talk about a bunch of different topics as far as like Duke, the runes. Uh, We have a really good discussion on what makes a good crew and what's considered spawn camping. We also dive into the fortune book and why it's free on some platforms but not others and also how it went. So, join me as I call out the Patreon call out list this episode. We have Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, L. Hefe Esteban, Jabaro Five, Lumpy S R Q, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Papa Fuzz, Regis Estella, Rust Belt Kid, T N Professor, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, C J Super Pack, Davrom TV, Fergatron, Kazia the Rogue, Xbox Mike Twenty Nine, Tech Deku, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all for your support. Remember, anyone in the Gold Hoarder tier can join in on the conversation for these community Discord episodes feel free to jump in we would love to have more people get their feelings and their thoughts out for the actual episode uh if you have any questions just feel free to let me know you can always hit me up on twitter at capt underscore l-o-g-u-n you can always send me an email c-a-p-t-l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com or you can always hit me up through the patreon or discord there's plenty of ways to hit me up so just look into the show notes for all the ways to contact me and with that pirates let's get to the discussion So we are recording our main episode of the Kill Hall the Gold Hoarders community episode. And I wanted to thank everyone for coming by. Uh tonight we have Dub Dub Goose, L Hefe Esteban, Registella, and Big Bad Pad joining us. Uh Dubdub, how are you doing?
1: Good, thanks. How are
0: you? Good, thank you. Jefe, how are you doing tonight? Uh doing well. Doing well. Awesome. Regis, welcome. How are you doing?
2: Uh, doing good. I uh, finally reached level one hundred on my renown, so I'm good for the rest of the season.
0: Nice, nice. I just hit level one hundred last night as well, too. And of course, big bad pad. How are you doing? Welcome. Yeah, very good. Very warm over in the UK at the moment. That's good. I know it's been pretty. It's been pretty cold up there, uh, for a bit. You guys wanted to. Oh, I left it up to you to decide on the topics because most of the time I usually let you guys know. Uh, what i wanted to chat with you about but i left it up to you all to decide what you want to bring to the table to discuss so i wanted to see uh, you guys came up with and uh, we have five different topics that you guys wanted to bring up runes duke uh, what makes a good crew and when does spawn camping become toxic as well as the sea of thieves athena's fortune audiobook so let's uh let's kick things off with probably runes or is it ruins Did I say it right? I think, like I said. All right, so let's start off with that. Uh, These are things that are kind of going on, both in-game and outside of the game. I've been keeping, I've been really kind of trying to keep up with this. Thankfully, I'm part of a really good Discord group, the Ancient Isles or the... uh, ancient isles university discord group and they kind of do a lot of the work so they've been kind of sussing out a lot of the different meanings uh keeping track of all of the twitter and instagram posts trying to keep up with you know what do all of the different words mean and whatnot uh and it's been kind of really nice to see uh uh, nice nice to see kind of how they have been figuring out like what's been going on with them and it's it seems like every couple of days uh rare puts out a new picture somewhere that has a new hidden rune uh to try and give us a little more idea of what they're teasing but i wanted to leave it up to you guys to kind of bring your uh own thoughts to the table what did you think of these are you are you going are you going to enjoy it uh what's kind of going through your mind
3: personally i I, i've really enjoyed it uh i we were talking kind of off air, but like I'm a huge Zelda fan, so I love kind of questy, y kind of things. So just kind of have these things kind of trickle in, in the absence of what has been a really long drought of story. I guess um, it's been nice. It's something to kind of just kind of noodle through and puzzle out and wonder what's going to come and you know where they're going to go with the game and that kind of thing. So I've, in that regard, I've I've enjoyed it. It's kind of it's scratched that itch that I've I've had for. Gosh, it's been over a year now since they've got any kind of new tall tales or new new true stories. So I like it. I'm good. I'm happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting to see kind of how they've been introducing these and what kind of mysteries they've been uncovering. Uh, Regis, I know you mentioned this topic. Uh, What were you thinking about these?
2: Well, considering that Rare decide to, uh, to, uh, I don't know if they, you know, okay, let me just, uh, I am just so frustrated. I'm just honestly frustrated. Like as soon as Falcor decided to reveal like the fully translated, ish, runes, think the last eight runes that we got from March, Rare decided. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should give him like five riddles for players to discover. Then, then decided to give him another set of eight runes. I was like, for God's sake, Rare, please just give us, just tell us honestly and openly, because some people like root ru- like riddles like you, El-, El Jefe, but me, it's like you know. Just tell us honestly and openly. Just please, just enough with the riddles, enough with the runes. Just tell us openly, honestly. Do what you did in year one, and just reveal the next few content updates.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting twist, right? With the way they're doing it, it's clear that they want to they they want to try and tease out what's coming, and it seems pretty evident to me, especially as we get into another topic that we'll be jumping into, that they're trying to give the diehard fans the people that have been following all the social media stuff,, uh, something to chew on while they they get this next update out because we're still we're still looking at, I think it's 21 days, 20 days left in the season. So you know, regardless of you know, what's going on, uh, what's going to be coming with it, I have a feeling we'll probably find out more about it, uh, and it's still a ways out. and they've got to do something. but with the cadence, that they're doing as far as the content updates it seems like we're we're just going to have to sit and wait for season three before we get any any lore driven aspects so i like what they're doing but it feels like they're kind of uh, a little catty with the runes uh or or with the runes as well as uh, not and running out of ideas not that they're going out or not that they're getting out of ideas i honestly like the way they're going about this but because it does kind of feed into the lore uh and it doesn't it does kind of flesh out that the skeleton or the ancient language uh that they're using so i do i do appreciate that i think the difference is is that a lot of us are just kind of a little a little frustrated or uh, a little a little anticipating of what's going to be going on with the actual story and we just want to actually i'm sure if this is is going to on during the the time where I'm sure if this is what what was going on during a time where we had like new tales and stuff uh it might be a little overwhelming to have like this plus new content to be diving into but with the the season two having just the the one really really just the one event uh we really don't have a whole lot going on this season and it's pretty it's pretty relaxed it seems like this is just kind of like okay uh we know you have something let's Let's get to it and plus
2: everybody doesn't really have like a like a twitter account or youtube or instagram so there are maybe a large portion of players who are hearing this for the first time if they're listening to this and uh not noticing that there's like you know stuff like runes in fact i'm seeing the runes the sheet of runes on screen on my screen right now and probably have no idea that this is going on on their twitter and whatnot so there's also that to consider as well.
0: The nice thing is that nothing that is being put out right now is anything that is removing story from the game, you know? Everything that they put out is just been teasers on what's actually going to uh, eventually like be explained, you know? So if you wanted to, if you wanted to say miss all of this and you weren't paying any attention to YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or any of those, you wouldn't miss out on anything. You would eventually get the same information that has always been there from day one. This is just kind of teasing what's going to be coming instead of like straight out uh, lore like like they they do with say uh, like the Tuesday lore drops or the, the trivia Tuesdays that they do.
2: Yeah, I, I see what you I see what you mean. And uh, again, sorry for my rants. It's just, you know, some people like puzzles while simpletons like me just get easily infuriated by them. But uh, I guess it keeps me a community engaged, so sorry for my
0: rant. No, you're good. I, I think the thing is is like it it has a kind of Indiana Jones aspect to me now and and maybe someone else can speak to this uh to their feelings on this like Hefe, i know uh, i'm a huge zelda fan as well too so puzzles like this always kind of like i enjoy some of them some of these are definitely a little tougher for me to suss out because i just don't have enough time to scour every single image that they that they put out so thankfully because of like the ancient isles twitter handle and the discord they've been doing a lot of the work to to kind of find these and work together to try and understand the language design of it beyond just like what they find in the actual images but for those that don't know the the falcore video that you're talking about we we had the the runes or the the runes that came out that were eight and we kind of worked out the, the things to finally getting the actual information that the eight runes or runes god i hate that word uh say silver blade ship Below Treasure Island Sea Kingdom, and I wanted to ask you all, uh, what did you think of that? Like, do you feel like this is pretty much a guarantee that we're going to be going underwater at some point and dealing with the merfolk? I
3: think so. Um, I just, I, I think so. I, I think it's kind of one of those topics that that it's kind of been there, kind of in the shadows since you know early on in year one with the mermaid statues, and I think it's. With that set of uh, runes, um, I think it's, I think it's worth pointing out too, and, and and that's cool and all. But I'm really looking forward to the whole Silver Blade thing. Does that mean we actually get to meet Flameheart Junior? Or you know what's going to happen there? That's the 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 anticipation of all of that kind of coming to fruition is is interesting, and I wonder if it's going to be if they're going to kind of stretch this out throughout multiple updates, like maybe like for the rest of the year. Um, it is all going to kind of tie together somehow. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely think that something, something's going to happen with mermaids of some, some sort. That's, that's my guess. Very cool. Well, Am I myself convinced
1: that, uh... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was, I was, I was going to simply say that maybe once we actually go under the water, I could finally sing under the sea from little mermaid. Cause you know, <laughs> This fits. Yeah, I was just gonna. Say, I had myself convinced that
1: the silver, the the silver blade is underneath uh, Reapers, and that the servant of the flame is Flameheart Junior. But uh, now I'm not so sure because of all the stuff with the mermaids and the and how the clues are changing, and all that. But uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I was pr- pretty confident that that you flip lift that door up, in the in the Reapers hideout and the silver blade's under there. I still kind of think that, but I'm not sure yet.
3: You know, something that that showed up about, about I guess oh, about a year and a half ago on Reapers before it turned into Reapers Out was that that grave, and then they had like the flowers that sh- sh- came out to the shape of the Warrior constellation. Those are gone, but the grave is still there. And I don't know. I've I've always wondered like does that does that have something to do with Flameheart Junior? But I don't know.
0: See. I always thought that it wasn't Flameheart Junior because I didn't think that Flameheart Junior ever got a grave. I always wondered if it was actually the Captain who was there and he was buried, and but then he was like rais- risen as a skeleton, and then s- since he was stuck on that island, he just kind of made a cave system himself and laid the chair chalice there, luring pirates. But to speak to what you said, Dub Dub, you actually bring up a good point: the Silver Blade ship below treasure island sea kingdom as we know there's a lot of treasure below inside the reaper's hideout uh, and we just don't know what's below that door and it could very well be to flameheart jr or could very well very well be to a sea kingdom we just don't know at this point but we do know that somewhere in the shores of plenty the silver blade sank and at that point i have to wonder you you know what what's going to happen with Reapers? We have to find out what's going to happen at Reapers at some point, and I'm hoping that it's either a pirate legend hideout for Reapers, or it's actually getting to Flameheart Junior. And I don't blame you for thinking that the servant of flame is flame is uh, Flameheart Junior, because to me that makes sense. Because I've always been kind of curious what kind of a person is Flameheart Junior going to be. Is he going to be someone that's like his dad? Because he doesn't really know his dad. He only he only's had, uh, has ever had small interactions with him. So it's at that point, did he grow up to be like the guy in the sky that we know right now? Or did he grow up to be that guy that he knew from the stories when he was a kid? Uh, and I'm actually kind of curious to hear from some of you. Do you think Flameheart will be a friend or a foe to us?
2: Uh, depends on, uh, you know, if the captain or I guess... Uh... I guess if uh you know if he if he if art Junior finds out if Flay, what art Senior has become and who he and Flay, who Senior really is, like you know, Junior, Junior, if you if you remember from the book, only know his father from uh being this kind, loving father who just you know tell tales about his time in the Sea of Thieves and not really knowing about you know being a uh wannabe pirate king. So could be a you know a differences between like you know the the that he was the senior flame Mott senior that that was told to junior between uh, a big difference between the you know father and father and the father and uh that he knew and uh the oh, i just a mess today sorry
0: no nah, you're good I, I know what you're getting at you, you're meaning as far as uh like whether or not he's going to be that that guy in the sky or the loving father that he portrayed when he was actually with his ado- his his adopted son yeah uh was there anything else you guys wanted to to speak on as far as the new set of runes that we got or how they're delivering some of the content all right so let's move on to the next discussion topic which is duke the dark lord who i'm calling the dark lord because i don't know if you guys necessarily do that but he's He's in a new spot and I was wondering if you guys wanted to tackle this, Pad. Uh I know you I know you're you're wanting to talk about Duke.
4: Oh no, I was just gonna say you oh, want to talk I, about Duke.
0: Kind of I, I brought a, I brought up the topic that you guys brought up to me. So I'm I just I, I wanted to jump on Duke, the conversation.
3: something that I've been thinking about. Remember back when he disappeared for a while and Sitter Jim took his place and he came back, he had been all beat up and was scared to death. I just—I've always wondered, what what happened to him? Um, And I wonder if, you know, he said he was going out, you know, looking for things. I wonder if he somehow got a hold of something that cursed him, and we're just kind of seeing his slow degrading towards something. Just—I don't know. Just—it seems like he's just the way he's talking, this and that. It just Duke Duke is not healthy. but he's obviously after something, chasing something down. Um, he's he's turning into a mermaid statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's it, it it's interesting. I, it's, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with him. Obviously, he's going to play a big role because his voice changed, and you know, it's a pretty common thing so far that Raiders have done is that if somebody's not being tied into a, usually a tall tale, then they actually get a real voice actor instead of somebody from the um, studio. So and that has happened. So obviously, Duke is going to be a big player in something. Um but I don't know. I just it's it's interesting. So another those kind of things just I just kinda of sit around and just think about and just kind of ponder and wonder and would just love to kind of have that veil kind of pulled back a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do really like I really like what they're doing with that character. I don't necessarily like that character. I think that character was kind of out of a necessity for a time when they were trying to figure out how they wanted to deliver content and that they're taking that character and are trying to actually build it into a lore character where I think that there's other lore characters that personally could have been brought into the game and deserve a spotlight. And I was just wondering like if that'll ever happen, but speaking to what you're talking about, I definitely think that there's going to be something going on with Duke. I think... We're finally going to get an answer to the question of what's going on with the mermaid statues, I think it, I think is something that I've been harping on for years at this point, how I've never appreciated how the mermaid statues were destroyed by the request of Duke, and that was always something that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, why are we destroying the statues? Uh, what are these statues? Why does it feel like this isn't a good idea? And Duke is now over at Old Salt's Atoll, uh, he's talking about getting too close to a statue and he's kind of messed up in the head as a result and i think that because of that it's one of those situations where he's trying to find out more about what's going on with uh with the actual statues and i think that because of that it's going to be just more and more deeper into this idea of what are the statues why are they mermaid statues what kind of power do they hold and when are we uh when we'll probably find out when we actually get a chance to go to the sea kingdom if we're actually going to go to a Sea Kingdom. I'm actually curious, uh, actually, does anyone actually believe that we are going to be able to go to a Sea Kingdom?
2: Uh, maybe, maybe not, but, I mean, if the runes are to be believed, then uh, I guess yes, but, again, we have to hear it from, I guess, the horse's mouth, which is rare, so, yeah, so it's going to be a long way away.
1: Yeah, but what if the Sea Kingdom is the silver blade that's underneath Reapers and nobody can go in there because of, I don't know, some kind of magic or something? Like maybe they're trying to break a spell, a curse, whatever you want to call it to be able to get down there.
0: I can definitely see that. Uh, See us trying to figure out how to break in there and it's, it's being held from us. All right. So Hefe, you brought up the top this topic and I wanted to kind of let you spearhead this. If you wanted to, the next topic we're going to be discuss uh, discussing is actually what makes a good crew. So what did you mean by this?
3: Uh, And Patty, you can get in here and help me also. Um, we were just talking the other day about how just the game itself is kind of how it's just evolved over the last few years, and what constituted as you know a decent crew three years ago, we think is very different than what that looks like today. Um, and I to, like there's like there's there's a lot of folks out there like especially in the Kill Hall community that seem to kind of you know not have a normal crew, and you know what what do you look at or look for? when you're trying to, you know, maybe formulate that. And because I have determined that that when, you know, from like the the overall arching group of folks that I play with, you know, I've kind of got my my normal hardcore crew that's like, you know, the Black Rose. But then there's a a revolving door of probably 10 or 15 other people, you know, that we play with on a regular basis. Um, And there's definitely, you can see differences when you play with people that you play with all the time. Versus folks who you don't play with all the time, and tends to be that we're more successful when you have that familiar familiarity there. Um, like, for instance, like Prof and I, we can be selling, and I mean, we we've, we're to the point now we don't even have to tell each other what we're doing because we just we we know each other. We we know each other's movements. We know each other's you know in, anticipated actions. Uh, and then, and that only comes with selling with someone for a while. Um, but just in general, I think that you know, you you've got to have for this game to be successful for you, you have to be with people who communicate. You've got to tell them what you're doing. You know, they need to tell you what they're doing, um, and that kind of thing. Because you can get yourself into a pickle real fast um, if you're not communicating well, um, and. You know, it's just interesting. Like if we, you know, roll up on on a ship or something, and you know, and you know, and get into a, a good naval battle. And Prof goes over to board or something. You know, he'll laugh sometimes. He'll like, man, it's just it's absolute chaos. They're just they're just screaming and hollering, and they have no clue what anybody's doing, and nobody's downstairs bailing or patching. And you know, it's just it's everybody needs a role or a general role, or at least knowing you know what folks are doing. So if you've got somebody on cannons, you got somebody on the on the helm. You got to have somebody, somebody's got to keep their eye out for, you know, the integrity of the ship. Um, if not, you're going to find yourself sunk with lost treasure. And I get everybody wants to, you know, have the cool roles of, you know, firing the cannons or trying to board or you know driving the ship. But, you know, it's the the true bilge rat who is down there patching and bailing is probably the most important person on the ship at any time, because without that role. You're not going to have a ship left, so it's just really important, just to kind of again, have open communication and kind of have you know pre-designed set roles, and it always 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 has to be the same thing. But you know, if we get into a, a ship battle, typically, you know, Prof is going to be the person who's going to go board, um, just because he that's 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 his strong seat he, He's you know the magic PC player that can just just does better than those of us who are on console. Um, more times than not, I'll grab the helm or the cannons, depending on you know what's going on, or get down and you know, you know patch and bell. Just you know, you know, it just depends. Um, but working together as a team is huge. If you don't work together as a team, you're probably not gonna have an overall positive experience and find yourself frustrated more times than not. So, in general, that's some kind of things that you know I was thinking about um and we were talking with people so the night It was meeting and Patty and some others and um patty what what else what else were we were we discussing on that?
4: It wasn't so much um it, it it was everything in general in the fact that it's taken us a year and a half or two years to get to the position where, like you say you have your hardcore crew and they all know what they're doing. Um, but for my for my crew is myself Mina normally Chateau and or Matt um, we rotate Shaggy and uh, between, between us we'll we'll be on a galleon um, and yeah Chateau is the one that goes off killing people on other boats um, Matt is the cannoneer and I tend to be the build rat Mina's on the wheel we all know what our jobs are. Chateau gets killed. Matt's the next one over. We all know that Matt's the next one over because it's something that we've done for the last year. Um, I think that the other thing that we were talking about was obviously um, personality types. That yes, we, it's it's taken us two years to get to a position where we have a crew, and like you say, we have a dozen or so people that we have rotation through, and and, and we'll sail with. Um, there are all types of people on the seas and there will be times that you are crewed up with a person that you just don't click with. And that's okay. Sail with them, and and don't sail with them again. Um, But some people can get quite het up about sailing with people that aren't doing what they want them to do. Um, So I think it's a case of being able to acknowledge that I don't like this person or I don't like the way this person plays I won't play with them again I don't get so het up about it it's okay it's a game and and like life there are people out there that you won't like and there are people you will fall in love with it's talking about me aren't you well I, I was thinking <laughs> more along the lines of Rusty but <laughs> Oh, You guys are too much. Uh,
0: um, I I wanted to ask this question of you guys, because I I really appreciate what you guys are talking about. But I wanted to ask how you feel, because you you guys are talking, talked a lot about knowing who's going to be doing what and less so about communication. But what about prioritizing or, or prioritization? I don't know why that's such a hard, hard word for me today, but knowing what's the priority and what's not, because more often not, I think the times that where I've been with a crew, when we failed, it was due not in part to a lack of community or communication. I think that it was that it was definitely clear, but I think that the communication was like we knew that there didn't need to be communication because we're probably playing Sea of Thieves for a while, but I think that it was a difference uh, of prioritization. And when someone should have been bailing, someone should have been uh, repairing, they were cannoning or they were uh, raising a sail or they were trying to raise an anchor or trying to get some treasure. And I think that more often than not, it was a difference in priorities that caused a ship to sink or treasure to be lost or getting killed. And so often it feels like when someone calls for bail, if the person on top deck does not instantly respond and in that they, they think maybe they've got like one or two more cannon shots that they, that they uh, can get in because they've got just the, that perfect angle that they're not trusting their crewmate when they say that they need something and they go and do it. And, and that, that part of the communication I think is the part that is the most important. So when when you you know that you don't need to have that shorthand that you just trust your teammate and teammate to be able to ask for something when they actually need it as opposed to needing uh need calling for it uh when they don't necessarily need it but i i wanted to i want to ask your thoughts uh on prioritization do you think that it is uh more important than communication or do you think that communication trumps prioritization the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show
3: i think it's probably two sides of the same coin right i mean um for sure absolutely prioritization is is, is, that is absolutely key um if You've got some if you're in the middle of a combat and somebody's downstairs, you know, patching and bailing and they call for bail. You know, with us, we know we know, like, we, you know, and we have learned this through the school of hard knocks of losing everything. Of uh, if somebody calls for bail, you stop what you're doing, regardless of what yeah. it is. And you you get 100%. below deck and you and you bail immediately. You know, I right. don't we you know, we don't care if we have the perfect shot. We don't, you know, whatever. Get downstairs, patch and bail so that we can all then go back to, you know, doing a, a better job of the overall battle. Um, that is, that is huge. And I think that's probably where a lot of folks do probably get in trouble is that they, they, they don't take their crewmates for their word. You know, if, if someone says, Hey, I need a bail and, you know, you wait five, 10 seconds. So that, that five, 10 seconds can make all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah. and And I think that's, and that gets born out of communication though i think yeah you know, the when when he when hefe talks about you know his set crew and then the rotators i kind of think i'm one of those rotators right like uh i you know i play with them frequently enough now but before when i was just sort of filling in or i just sort of met these guys and 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 whatever it was evident to me okay these guys are good at this game they know what they're talking about so when we're taking damage and hefe's downstairs you know scooping and, and 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 hammering and he says i'm okay i know he's okay when he says i need a bucket he needs a bucket you know what i mean like I, I, it just comes out of is all of that is born out of communication because the better somebody communicates the the quicker you sort of i guess get sort of learn that trust or whatever I know this guy knows what he's talking about.
4: I think I think the other is the other thing that my crew definitely know is my tone of voice. Oh yeah. If I <laughs> if I say bail, <laughs> it's a case of yeah all right fine, we'll we'll be down in a second. If I say I need a bail now, they you know it's no you're not you're not stopping you're you're coming down now to get, get this water out of this otherwise we're going to go down. Um yeah, like you say, it is communication, but it is also prioritization.
0: I wanted to ask, because Jefe, you, you said it so eloquently that it's uh, kind of two sides of the same coin. And I wanted to bring in the other, the other, I guess, the edge of the coin, which I think kind of merges the two. If, if you're going to have good communication that leads to better prioritization, there needs to be trust. Uh, WW actually brought up the, the word trust, and I'm glad you landed on that because I was, I was wanting to end uh, on trust and i think it, i think it's one of the most important things and i think that it, it's one of those things that only comes from sailing with people that you can mesh with and it's why it's so important to find people that you can mesh with because without that trust that is built upon communicating properly and then prioritizing things and then getting those wins that you start to build that trust and the more trust you have with the crewmate the more you can start to uh know that if something is going well, it's because we're working together. And that's because there's trust between us. And if there isn't trust, then you don't trust that person to do the right thing at the right time. And that if you communicate what you want them to do, that they will actually do it. So how do you guys feel about these, uh, this this kind of trifecta of things, you know, between communicating trust and prioritization? So those kind of three that, that you were on. Uh, is, is there one that I'm missing?
4: I think those are all I think, I think, all you've, got, I think you've got it there. And, and I think, like you say, if, if there isn't that degree of trust, then there is a definite increase in the communication side of things. So, yes, if, 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 we, if there's only three of us and we want the fourth and we bring in one of the rotators, whilst we know they can play the game, they are good at this, they may not fully click with the way that the three of us play the game. So we will communicate more with our or with the whole crew because we know that they don't play with us regularly enough to understand this happens now, that happens now, that happens then.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. And 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 to form trust, it takes time. Um and you know, to take time, you've you've got to just Get out there and sell with people. Um, you know, when the the original two folks that I started playing the game with, you know, whenever they stopped playing, right around the one year anniversary, at that point, I had a decision to make of like, okay, am I going to throw in the towel because I do not enjoy this game solo sleeping? I, I, I guess personal personal preference. I know there were folks out there who love it, um, but I, I detest being by myself. Um, it's it's for me, it's more of a social thing that it is more of a game so I had to make a decision of okay am I going to come out of the shadows in you know in the discord and you know get involved and you know play with folks and you know work on the process of finding a new crew or do I just throw in the towel and you know go on to something else and so I chose to you know take that leap of faith um, and kind of put myself kind of in that realm of being uncomfortable sailing with people that I had, I didn't you know, know him from, from Adam, you know, and it it took some time. There were folks that I sold with that was like, oh, man, I could, you know, I could, I, I could really see myself, you know, selling with this person on a regular basis. And there were some folks kind of like, uh, not my cup of tea, you know, it's fine, whatever, move on. And through that process, and it took a number of months, but through that process, it's kind of how, you know, you know, I found Tennessee professor and I found Rust Belt and I found Patty and, you know, and, and from there, you know, then you kind of get exposed to maybe other folks that they sell with. And so at that point, then your, your, your networking grows and you have the ability to through all of that, find a normal crew. And it's, it is 100% worth the work that it takes to get to that. Uh, so I would just encourage anybody that's out there that that doesn't have a normal crew and, you know, get in kill hog, use the, you know, the looking for crew channels and, um, you know, take leap of faith. If you're hiding in the shadows of like, you know, you're there, but you're not, you know, actively engaged, take a chance. It, it's y- your experiences in the game and your overall um, love of the game very well may increase exponentially if you find just some folks that you can mesh with and that you can work work well together with. And like, I I love it. I love it now. And um, even more so than I did when I first started playing. And it's 100% has to do with the group of folks that I sail with on a regular basis that I would have never sailed with had I not taken that leap of faith. And then through time, trust was built with, you know, kind of that trifecta of the communication and prioritizing things and this and that and it's you know at this point i would say that we are, we're a pretty well-oiled machine but that doesn't happen overnight and you just got to be willing to put in the work to get there and it's totally it.
0: yeah i would agree 100 percent. it's good to find people but you got to put yourself out there if you want to enjoy this game it's a social game it's very much like i love solo slooping from tender time but it's not my preferred means of sailing i would much rather have a good conversation with a crew and go out and just have fun even if we lose i hate it but I would rather I would still rather be with friends and than just sailing alone.
4: You actually enjoy solo slooping.
0: I do. I don't know why. It's weird. I, I,
1: I do too sometimes. I mean, it no. just depends what I'm doing. I'm not gonna go try to, you know, necessarily steal a Fort of Fortune or anything like that by myself, but you know, there's there's easy stuff that you can do. Like I'll go hunt, you know, like to do to commendation grind, you know. Animals, you know, personal. delivering pigs and stuff like that. I'll go do that stuff
0: by myself. I had a great time uh the other night, uh, the other day I was out. I was so mostly being in the roar, I grabbed a whole bunch of Order of Souls missions and I just went out and let a whole bunch of geezers touch uh touch some skellies yep. and then I picked up the skulls and dropped them onto the deck and had a had a good time with that. Um I'll I'll be I'll be honest, one of my favorite things to do is in the middle of the sea between like the spire and snake island, there's a good stretch of ocean that is completely open. Uh and every once in a while I'll take a, a solo sloop and I'll just run the gamut from like north star sea post to usually like out towards the roar and i'll just hang out in the top of the crow's nest and just enjoy the water and the atmosphere because it's such a beautiful sail and hardly anyone ever runs through that section uh i didn't want to let go of this topic uh though because i I wanted to throw you guys a curveball and see what you thought so we have trust that's built on through good communication and prioritization where does information fall into this uh, where does having good information about the game and knowing the game uh fall into this 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 uh triforce of making a good crew?
3: It does help to have at least one person on the ship that has essentially memorized the map or keeping up with what's going on, you know, going through reading patch notes and you know that kind of thing. I, I somehow I have become that person on our crew and but they it's one of those things, like they, you know, it's 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 a valuable position because, you know, I can pretty easily call out like, hey, we need to go, you know, this direction, you know, that's that island over there. They're over by this, you know, that kind of thing, and it it takes a lot, a bunch of the guesswork out, and then the time spent of running down and then studying, you know, the map. If uh, if you've got someone who who has that who has that knowledge that they can just spit it out pretty quick, um, it absolutely it absolutely can help because then if, if you've got somebody who's running down, you know, staring at a map, trying to figure things out, well then you're, you're down a crew member for some of those, you know, key positions. Um, you know, if you're in, you're kind of in the middle of, you know, something important. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think having general knowledge of the game um, map layout, you know, things that are going on. I think that it is, it is important at least it has it has its place for sure
0: how about reading another crew when you're in a fight gauging where they're going to be or what they're going to be trying to do and where they're they're going to be able to uh where you're going to be able to head them off
4: that will only come with experience and that means you've got to play the game um like you say you try and figure out what they're going to what would you do in that situation and and nine times out of ten they'll do exactly what you would do but that tenth time that they do something different you go yeah, didn't work out for them. Or oh, hang on, that did that. They, they I didn't expect that, and it gave them the upper hand. It will only come from experience, and you can only get that from playing the game. I think that you know
3: something that that we uh, have noticed that you know that we've started been doing probably more so over the last six months is like whenever we find a situation and we lose, we'll we'll take time and kind of noodle through. Okay. What did we do wrong? What could we have done different? What should we have done differently? How could we have, you know, done that better so that the next time it comes around, we'll be more prepared? Um, So we're definitely—it's interesting, you know. You, Prof, and I—we're definitely at that point in the game where we've played it enough to where now we're getting down into more like the the weeds of the granular level of like how can we tweak things to get better instead of like you know big overarching things of you know sale management and this and that it's like you know how come how could we have come in at a different angle or you know whatever it may be um and again just like patty said that's going to come with time it's going to come with lots of losses and that's okay i mean losing is a part of life you know whether it be in a video game or whatever it's just like what do you do when that happens and how you respond to that when that happens, you know, rage quitting and throwing controllers and that kind of thing. Sure, that's that's an option. But does that serve you? Well, in the it long doesn't time? matter
1: how good you are, there's always going to be. Oh,
3: absolutely. We're all going to lose. And when you lose, use it as a learning opportunity to figure out, OK, what where did I go wrong? What could I have done differently? How could I have done it better? And use that. For personal growth.
1: And that's what's so great about this game is that, that there are ways to deal with being up against a, 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 more, a, a more skilled opponent, you know, rowboat sneaks and, you know, throwing everything in a rowboat and just running off and distracting them. Like, and yes, you know, just like yesterday, we just sort of outlasted a superior crew. They just realized that it wasn't worth it to them. So they just left, you know, and we ended up getting a Fort of Fortune. That's what's so great about about a sandbox game like this is that you there's so many options. Like, okay, these guys are really good at at boarding, naval, whatever. They're better than us. Okay. Let's do something else. You know, because you get a bunch of old geezers on a boat. We might not be as good at PvP as some of these young kids, but we're smarter and wiser. And we will
0: outsmart. It's definitely the things I enjoy looking at whenever I'm every once in a while when I I'll I'll lose, I always like to sit back and just kind of think about what where the critical point was. Uh, what was the the critical failure point where I know that if I had maybe done not done this one thing, that there would have been a better chance that we could have gotten uh, could have had could have had a good outcome. Uh, I know we lost to a brig the other night, and it was it was rough, but there was a decision that was made, and I went to go try and keg this oncoming brig and I realized that like after we lost uh me not being on the fully stocked ship that we had was a big mistake because I I had a hail mary of a plan and that plan was less likely to work out than if I just stayed on the ship and had a bunch of cannonballs chain shots uh cursed cannonballs things like that and that was what I learned from that that if I'm going to deal with another ship that's coming to us if my ship is stocked Uh, One keg is not going to guarantee victory compared to an entire ship with a bunch of cannonballs and my crewmates, because at least, at least I can help them and, you know, fend off borders and things like that. So looking at what makes a good crew, I think we kind of broke down some of the main things. It's never who you're playing with in the sense that like who they are, but it very much comes down to having good communication with that person uh, who hopefully Having someone who has enough information to be able to read the players overseas uh, as well as the map and know what the priorities are going to be and then building that trust that's based off of that. Uh, was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, what makes a good crew or did you want to jump into when uh, when is spawn camping becoming toxic? <laughs> All right, so WW, you brought this up when does spawn camping become toxic to you
1: uh when when it's clear that that the only reason they're keeping my boat afloat is just to kill me over uh once again that's that's me and in an arena ever because you can scuttle an arena consequently but uh um, if 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 you're in a fight to me I guess my the, the I could have phrased it better maybe but protecting holes isn't spawn camping and keep, keeping a boat up long enough to, to take all the supplies isn't spawn camping. So, spawn camping, I, I guess, spawn camping is toxic. But where, what do you define as spawn camping is probably a better way
0: to put it, I guess. I can definitely see that.
1: And, and, and to, me, to me, personally, situations that I described, I don't consider to be spawn camping. You know, protecting holes so the boat sinks isn't spawn camping. Um, you know, a couple of bales here and there to facilitate supply robbery isn't spawn camp. Repeatedly keep you know, not shooting at the boat and just sitting on it so you can kill the person over and over again, on camp. Yeah. Constantly repairing someone else's ship so that you can repeatedly kill them over and over. That's fun.
0: Yeah, you could probably uh probably agree with all of those. Uh Pad Stella. Uh, did you guys have any any feelings on the spawn camping or did DubDub cover most of the situations for you?
4: <laughs> I was just going to say, and there ends the conversation on spawn camping. Um, basically, yeah, basically, he's exa- exactly that. If it's, if it's an arena, you can't be spawn camping because the idea of arena is you kill people. doesn't matter right. how you kill them. You are just killing them.
1: And you there's know. commendations for getting, you know, how else are you supposed to get 300 eye of reach kills? You know mm-hmm. what I
4: mean? Um, But yes, in adventure, unless you are keeping a boat afloat to get their resources, their goods, whatever, um, it's not spawn camping. If you're keeping it up just to kill them over and over again, then that is spawn camping. And I think Rare have a hard job proving or disproving when people complain about spawn camping.
1: And and of course, you know, when there's foul language slurs things of that nature that that's a whole nother level but you know i mean j- just the act in and of itself i guess is primer, not the the added uh vocalizations of people because i that in my experience at least I- i've never had anybody call me a name i mean i've had people use spicy language at me but i've never been called and i've been playing this game for a long time i have a feeling that that's that 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 is somewhat um, arena totally different story before they uh before they muted everybody but in adventure mode most people don't even talk and then the people that do talk they're just complaining yeah
0: yeah i think i'm with you guys on there the whole spawn camping issue has really been interesting if you're stealing supplies this generally means that someone is not maybe a, or maybe a couple people are probably face deep in a menu system right now so the chances of you spawning in and getting them is higher and that's that's generally what i i generally expect you to leave yourself open to that oper- or to to have your ship or to have them come back and retake your ship uh by leaving yourself open by doing that with with bucketing i don't see one or two buckets as like them spawn camping i see that as i'm i'm trying to manage the ship just long enough to get for them to be able to get uh, to take what they absolutely need, uh, which may in turn be the thing that ensures their victory. So it's important that they do that. I, I've never seen the point of repairing another ship's holes if the ship goes down. The ship goes down. I've never, I've never tried to prolong a ship to the point where I have to repair their their other holes because I, I want to guarantee they're sinking, and that's more important to me than the small amount of supplies that I could get from their from their barrels. I, I can always I can always get more supplies somewhere else. So don't know i don't know how they fix the spawning system i don't i don't know how they they plan on testing to see like if someone's being toxic or not i think it's obvious like hate speech is one of the easy things that someone for someone to call out is like hey this is this was something that someone said to me it's technically hate speech and they need to be reported because of it i've definitely been called spicy words uh, but i've also said spicy words to people on the seas as well too so i don't see that as being toxic i see that as being immature it's if that's what they're going to do i'm just going to say gg and a spicy word but at that point i think
1: (laughs) man after my own heart
0: yeah it's one of those things like i'm not gonna get flustered over you know i mean i've been playing games my whole life I've i've definitely been there but it's it's definitely become more rampant with online gaming you know it's not something when when you're playing with your friends with halo maybe maybe you say some spicy words to your buddy across the way who you know just hit you from across blood gulch which really wasn't really really fair but you know
1: well no, then you just teabag them right in halo
0: yeah, yeah. Same, with, same
1: with destiny yeah exactly because see and, and, and i won't go off on the tangent but see especially in my clan in in destiny teabagging is uh that would be a term of endearment.
0: i'm not going to touch that with 10 foot pole
1: i nor would i expect you to and that's that's
0: that's pretty great. The though but yeah, yeah, I, c- I can see I can see how how the in jokes kind of lean into it, you know. It's it's like most folks who usually, you know, if if they're if they're rough or harsh against you because they like you, it's it's because they you know, they feel comfortable with you and they like to tease you, things like that. So So is there anything else on spawn camping that you wanted to touch on as far as like what rare's answer could be to this? No, not really. Okay, so
1: it's just something that, that came up and I, you know. Being the stubborn old guy that I am, I just wanted I read the correct opinion. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely. I'm always kind of curious as to why some people are so quick to jump to the conclusion when one person buckets out of ship. It's like, yeah, I see, I see where I see where you're coming from, but technically, no, I wouldn't consider it at all. I did want to jump into our last topic though, um, that you guys wanted to talk, talk about, uh, which I think we actually found before we started recording is interesting pricing. Uh, The Athena's Fortune audiobook is now available on all platforms, including Audible. I think Audible was the last one to finally get it published. I know I've been listening to it on Spotify, but I, like Hefe, had to create a custom playlist to get it to play in the right order because of the way that they uploaded the chapters. It was available on YouTube, or is available on YouTube for free, as well as Regis had mentioned. Uh, but what do you guys think of the audiobook
3: i think getting toby stevens to be the voice of the book was a fantastic fantastic thing I, uh, and the fact that they've got you know somebody of such high caliber to do that and then basically give this thing away pretty much for free across most of the platforms is pretty fantastic i mean that's i was i was absolutely shocked by that like i was 100% expecting to pay uh, it across you know all platforms and it not be a a free option out there
0: yeah i'm definitely with you with you on that one one regis i know you wanted to talk about this uh what were your thoughts on it
2: well when i first discovered that uh the audiobook for fetus fortune was on like you know youtube the whole book for free i was like that's surprisingly very generous of you rare like saves people like a lot of money for like getting the book, either like either again the on au- audible or whatnot some some money. Then again it requires an internet connection for those who actually want to listen to the listen to the thing on YouTube. But, you know, it's uh it's real nice and uh saves a lot of money
0: yeah so this was kind of an interesting one because i i like you all generally use audiobooks as a way to consume most of my my books but we didn't have the op that opportunity when it came out so getting to listen to it and knowing that toby stevens was uh who for those those of you who are familiar with uh him he's from black sales it's a great great show if you haven't watched it it's definitely worth watching if you're into pirates uh you obviously you probably already watched it but toby stevens does an amazing job of reading through this there's a lot of good sound effects to kind of accompany the discussion that's going on in the book as well and he does a great job of kind of breaking apart the different characters and giving different different voices to kind of lend to your and your imagination to like ned or or uh, Lorena or rathbone things like that and i really like that this is something that's available for free now if, if you're heading over to Audible.com uh, and you look for Sea of Thieves, Athena's Fortune, you're going to be wondering how come it's not free on Audible. And I really don't have a good answer for you because as far as I can tell, at least from what I've seen, the book is about $25. Uh, normally, if you're a member of Audible, you can get it for 17 The weird thing is, is that on audiobooks.com, uh, I went and checked there and sure enough, they have it on audiobooks.com, but it's only it only costs a dollar for the whole book. And you can actually play for free for a, a 30 day trial or use one of the affiliate links that I have in the show notes to check out audiobooks uh, and get two or three free books and just listen to it that way as well too. But if all of those aren't good ways, having it on YouTube, having it on Spotify and listening to it for free really just kind of speaks to me about how Rare is trying to get their lore out for folks in an easy, easy enough way to have everyone uh as far as I can tell have everyone um be able to get to it uh all of the comics that they've released beyond the initial set with uh DeMarco and Lissetti have all been free all of the the origin books have all been free that the uh, the champion books uh have have all been free on Comicsology. and I and I don't I don't know it, it's it's strange to me at this point because I don't know where uh, they're going to be making their money outside of like actual physical merchandise, because I, I don't feel like their comics or their books are something that they're they're really trying to monetize at this point. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it in this case. Uh, Dub Dub, thank you for coming by. Is there anyone that you wanted to shout out or any place that you wanted to send people if they wanted to say hi to you?
1: Uh, no, not really. I don't have much of a too much of a social media uh, presence. I do have Twitch. I stream every once in a while. It's just my name, www.pitch.com, I guess. Um, oh, useless trivia. Toby Stevens is the son of, and I can't remember the actress's name, but Professor McGonagall from the Harry Potter movie. What? Out there. Maggie, Maggie Smith. Yes. What? To- Toby Stevens serious? is Maggie Smith's son. No way. <laughs> yes. 100%. That can't be true. It's 100% true. Look oh it up. Oh, my God.
0: That's amazing. I had no idea. I'm looking this up right now. Neither
1: did I until I saw black until I watched black sales like three or four months ago for the first time. And then I was like, oh, this is interesting. This guy is so familiar to me for some reason. And I don't know why, because I don't think I'd ever seen him in anything. And then, you know, just Wikipedia name or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, my
2: God, you are right. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I was
0: going to say you're right as well. His father is a sire as well, too.
1: You think I make this stuff up? Come on.
0: I'll I'll be honest. I just thought she was this perfect actress and that she just she just did everything. And she was just kind of created I didn't think that she have a you know she she would actually have a whole family. It didn't occur to me. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. Well, uh I, I I don't really have a way to top that except Hefe, uh, thanks for coming by. Thanks for for sharing your thoughts on this. Uh is there any place you want to send people where uh in or anyone that you want to shout out? Uh
3: no, nah, I'm around on the Discord. If anybody needs anything, wants anything, just let me know. Awesome.
0: Uh Regis, anything you're working on or any uh, anything you want to shout out or anyone you want to shout out? Uh
2: few weeks ago released another chapter of my fanfic which is basically just a recap of the last three years worth of content updates for those who are unfamiliar with it especially on the uh mile on the pony side of the thing and over that uh, usual place twitter and the discord as well
0: awesome pad thanks for joining us uh where, where can people catch your content or, or anybody that you want to shout out
4: yeah i'm i'm over on twitch um spudhead paddy um, I don't tend to stream a huge amount, but when I do, it's with uh, Mina Fairy and Eternator and Shadow Nerf and Shaggy Dog, and anybody else who tends, can, cares to join me.
0: In the mornings with uh, Sightless Combat and Mina Fairy as well, too.
4: Yep, so a Sunday afternoon for UK people, um, between three and five. Um, we tend to do Sea of Thieves every three or four weeks, in between doing a bit of Gears of War and forza and halo and it's um quite eye-opening for me it's eye-opening it's ear-opening actually um because it it's actually taught me to actually listen more to the games and it's quite amazing how much is in sea of thieves that you don't realize is there just take for granted but yes sir so.
0: yeah a lot of information communicated through audio, and a, a lot of stuff that isn't communicated through audio, like ship sailing up on you as well, too. <laughs> all right, well, that that's gonna do it for the community episode, gentlemen. Thank you again so much for just being here. Uh, I love talking with all of you guys. Uh, always bring a good, a lot of good viewpoints to the conversation. Viewpoints that I think really tend to echo a lot of what the community uh feels which is why i think it's important to have these episodes because as as from my perspective i i tend to to view things from multiple sides and i always try to kind of uh land somewhere in the middle understanding both perspectives so i like having these these episodes these very episodes when you guys uh come in with your your perspectives because i think your very specific perspectives helps kind of give me information on how i should be feeling about things as well too so i i appreciate that so much uh and and pirates uh with that i think that's going to be it so thanks all for joining uh i'll be doing the regular outros and whatnot's after this but yeah I, thanks a lot i really appreciate it yeah
1: no, no problem. problem it was good thanks.
2: thanks thank you thank you Logan. good
1: Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host. Robots We'll go over all the details you need to know About the world, characters And story of Cyberpunk Available on iTunes Spotify, Google Play And anywhere else You get your podcasts
4: My name is Brian Burton It's been 26 years Since the bombs fell And since I've left the vault I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.